I'm Malaya. And I'm Kalia. And you're listening to Intertwined, a podcast about human connection, human behavior, and human experience. Please be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at intertwined underscore podcast. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing traveling while black. So this is a great topic because the world is apparently about to open back up again. Mm -hmm. And I know once I get vaccinated, which my appointment is scheduled for April 1st, (laughs) my first dose, I want to travel like immediately. Yeah. Where do you want to go? I want to go back to Africa. (laughs) (laughs) I Honestly, like ever since I've been to the motherland, I'm like every time I travel, it has to be to another country in Africa. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's hard to make arrangements to travel other places when there's so many countries in Africa that we have not been to. Yeah. And I I don't think black people prioritize traveling to Africa because there's all these... It's hard to get there. Mm -hmm. And then there's these misconceptions. Definitely. Yeah. So... But I, I think as an African-American, it's important to travel back to where we came from. Absolutely. It connects us in so many ways. And that's and when we traveled to Ghana, it's crazy because we literally went to Ghana with our family right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like we got back from Ghana in January yes. and then two months later, everything Shut down. Shut down. Mm-hmm. But. And we went during the year of return. Yes, we did. Which, you know. Exciting. Uh, exciting. Definitely exciting time. I don't. I still have mixed feelings about the yeah. movement. Yes. And who. Well, what are your feelings about the movement? Well, I think it was a great celebration mm-hmm. of. Well, it was supposed to be a celebration of where we came from right you know 400 years yes that's a that's crazy since the first slave left through the door of no return yes and so i think that it was supposed to be a celebration of that and it maybe was like commercialized in a weird mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. and i don't know if it benefited i don't know who benefited in the end mm-hmm. us westerners or the people, the the native people of Ghana. I don't know. Yeah. That's that's the only it's thing hard. I'm like, mm. Yeah. But I know that for me, it was a life-changing trip. Yeah. It was a life-changing trip. And so that actually wasn't my first time going yeah. to Africa, but it was my first time going to Africa with you guys. Mm-hmm. And it's different because I went to South Africa first. Yeah. And... Apartheid just ended. It was like, it's still happening. (laughs) So it was just a different view. Whereas in Ghana, it's the first country to gain its independence Mm -hmm. in West Africa. And I think that it's just, it just tells a different story when you're traveling there. Yeah. It tells a different part of our heritage. 
and our ancestry. Yeah, and I just, so there are 16 regions in, I think, right? 16 regions in Ghana. I wish I remembered. (laughs) (laughs) We should should know this. We should know this. We should know this, but I think there's 16 regions. I'm not sure how many languages, but a lot of these regions speak their own language. Yes. And so I was just in awe of the the richness mm-hmm. of the culture. Yeah. Like And even the diversity mm-hmm. within Ghana. Yes. Yes. And I think that that's something that we don't have access to here. Mm-hmm. We just, there's a picture painted of, the global south and of Africa as a continent, like it's this monolith and it's just a bunch of poor, starving black people. Mm. And not that I ever thought that, but I think going to Ghana and really seeing for myself and being around these people and learning their customs and how they experience family, like, yeah, it was just life changing. And I love that it was a matriarchal society. Mm, yeah. So talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So basically, you can only inherit things through your mother So and through your mother's bloodline. So I guess the idea, well, this is what um, the family who we met, who kind of like took care of us while we were in Ghana, he told me that if the father steps out on a marriage and has another kid, that kid is not a part of, like, doesn't have access to the family's assets because he's not a technically a part of their bloodline. Mm-hmm. Because they only consider if you're a part of the mother's bloodline. Right. So that's different than... <laughs> a patriarchal society and it shows up differently too mm-hmm. even like the men that we met out there in ghana they oh, were yeah. had a different type of respect for women yeah and e- even to the point where their mother's sister they called mom yeah so their mother's sister yeah their mother's sister's kids were considered their siblings. siblings yes like they referred to each other as siblings mm-hmm. and not as cousins but the father's kids or the father's siblings kids, kids were their cousins were their cousins and their father's siblings were their aunts and uncles yes yes so very different mm-hmm. and interesting interesting indeed i think yeah i think going back to africa it'll teach me something different every single time. time yeah yeah and so that's why I want to make it my mission. To, you know, if I'm going to travel other places, obviously. And we'll talk yeah. about our experiences traveling other places because we definitely got to visit some interesting places mm-hmm. throughout our childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I definitely want to prioritize visiting as many countries in Africa as I can. Yeah. And when we were in the airport, people were people thought we were Ethiopian. Yeah. I mean, I'm just. I'm also interested in knowing what our ancestry really is. Because yeah. Yeah. we don't know. We don't know. So it's and a whole see, journey. And, and yeah, and we can talk about visiting the Caribbean because mm-hmm. we're of Caribbean descent as well. Mm-hmm. We have Jamaican in us, Panamanian in us, and Bayesian in us. Yeah. And even traveling back to those places teaches you about where you come from 
but it's still connected. Like even when I was in South Africa and Afrikaans was a language that they spoke, Mm -hmm. uh, was one of the languages that they spoke in South Africa in Cape town. And to me, when they were speaking English, the people who spoke Afrikaans had similar accents to the people in Trinidad. So I think that just goes to show us that they really tried to take our history from (laughs) us and we ended up all over the place and we just got to find our way home. Yeah. And remember when we were on the beach in Ghana and we met that guy and he was like, yeah, no, this is your home. Like, Mm -hmm. Your home. Yeah. That's yeah. how, because we asked him, how do you feel about this movement? Oh, about, yeah. Remember? And for people who don't know, um, Ghana was wild in 2019. Oh, yeah. Like, I think their tourist rate probably quadrupled that yeah. in that single year because of the movement, mm-hmm. uh, the year of return. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people went with different intentions and obviously our family, we went with the intention to reconnect with our home yeah, um, and return home. But some people didn't. <laughs> yeah. Some <laughs> people didn't. I mean, cause we, we had a pretty authentic experience. Like mm-hmm. we, you know, we didn't stay in a hotel. We stayed in a house. We, we stayed with that family and we, allowed them to guide us and show us what they wanted to show us about their home. Yeah. And that, I think that's the best way to do it. If you can. Mm-hmm. It definitely And is. weren't they the nicest, the nicest people, people you've ever met? Yes. Shout out to Kwame and his, he's running a tour guide company right mm-hmm. now and his family helps him, helps him out giving tours um, and we were one of his families that he took around Ghana and yeah. showed his home. And you can just tell that he loves showing people around his yeah. homeland. Yeah. And he has so much pride. And and so much knowledge. That's and, what yeah. I was really, mm-hmm. I was kind of envious of that because I'm like, oh, to be this connected to your roots and yeah. to know this much about your history. I mean, like details they Mm -hmm. know the history of their nation like yeah and they're proud of this they're not proud of everything but they're proud of the journey that the the country has taken and they take pride in that by really knowing the truth and knowing what happened yeah and knowing the names and the dates and everything right that's special that is very special and i think that kind of brings it back to the conversation of traveling while black Mm -hmm. and being intentional about the places you go and what you do when you're there. Yeah. Because you're always going to be in someone else's home. Yeah. And you have to treat it as such, like go with that curiosity and go with that, you know, exploratory vibe. Yeah. And just really kick it with the people. Yes. And not be afraid to like, Mm mm-hmm. Step outside your comfort zone. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I remember when we went to this, I, I don't know if it was an establishment. I don't know if it was like a pub, a club, a bar, restaurant mm-hmm. type mix. And um, we went to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom with one of the people, like one of the family members. 
And even just in the way that they use the bathroom, it's completely different. <laughs> yeah. Like it was something that I've never seen a woman right. do before, but I was like, that just goes to show you how complex we are as people. Oh yeah. Just something as small as squatting a certain way to use the bathroom. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. Like when we went to Japan mm-hmm. and they literally have squatters, like you have to, squat like your quads better be in shape (laughs) if you want to use the bathroom and not (laughs) pee all over the place (laughs) or on yourself yeah I mean I'm fortunate like I feel blessed to have been able to travel places and really get to know the culture yeah that's one thing Mm -hmm. I appreciate our about our experience with um the choir we were in growing up like aside you know we didn't really get to be around black people much unfortunately we didn't you know they didn't make it a priority for us to travel to the continent of africa or even to be around black people in like western yeah countries oh yeah but anyway even still we still got to experience authentic culture when we went to these places yes especially through music oh yeah yeah and yeah, those dance moves in Ghana, oof, a workout. It's like Zumba <laughs> class, like twenty four seven. Those people dance. Mm-hmm. Even in South Africa, when I was mentoring little kids during the break, they did nothing but dance. <laughs> like they didn't play no games; they danced. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think being able to share something about yourself and learn something about the culture is. You know, you have to carry that with you when you're traveling. Yeah. And especially as a black person, because, you know, what's interesting. When I went to South Africa with the program, um, with the nonprofit that I went with, uh, it's a predominantly white program. There weren't that many Mm -hmm. black people there, but the founders and the, you know, the staff members were all white. And they didn't want us to go explore. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. They said, you know, you know, high risk. We don't want anything to happen. Liability. Like, we don't want anything to happen to you. And you know what? Something did happen to me. I was, and I'm not listening to that. What? I'm in Africa. Like, this is, (laughs) y'all can't tell me what to do with my peoples. Right. So I wasn't even listening to that. But I went out one night by myself with a guy that I met there, and he was familiar with the program. And, he was a founder of one of the, these youth programs in Cape Town called Harvest Youth Project. Mm-hmm. And so I met him at a bar. We connected because he does very passion-driven work in the community. And I was in his community doing the same thing. And so we really connected. And one night he took me around his his neighborhood. And there was this corner in Hout Bay that was like a gang corner, like one of the gang's corner. And this guy came barefoot with no shirt on with his big gun Mm. running up on us. And then he saw who I was with. And he was like, oh, like, it's you, it's you. Oh, like, And I was like, I didn't, it happened so fast. I didn't even think anything of it. But I'm like, listen, I'm from the hood. We're from the hood anyway. (laughs) Like, this could happen anywhere. Yeah. But I'm not going to limit myself. Mm -mm. You know, and you can't limit yourself when you're traveling. Of course, be conscious. Of course, be safe. But you really have to 
explore. Yes. And so I feel the same way, like, when we're going on family vacations and everybody want to just be chilling in a pool all day and on the beach. Like, I understand, <laughs> you know, at the resort, all-inclusive. Like, I get it. But that's we a- always say that that's vacationing. That's not traveling. Well, yeah. And I think now that we're full-time workers, I'm going to need that. Vacationing? <laughs> vacationing. Yeah. Sometimes and, you need yeah. a good vacation. Yeah. But, you know... Other times you need to travel and yeah. really because that's how you that's how you foster a global perspective. Like a lot of people, mm-hmm. they travel. I'm throwing up these air quotes because they travel, but they still don't have a global perspective. You've been to all these countries in the Caribbean, you've island hopped. That's that's amazing. That's great. Those are great life experiences. Yet you don't have a global perspective. You go to work and it's like those people who you encountered in, in these countries don't even exist anymore. Right. You don't consider them. You don't consider how decisions trickle to other parts of the world. And mm-hmm. like it's a lot to consider Definitely. when you when you've been in the thick of it and you like see the effects of imperialism and you see the effects, right. you know, like you see it. Yeah. Like, even in the Bahamas, um, we stayed at the Atlantis when we went, yeah. which has huge, you know, multiple casinos, and yeah. it's just a huge resort in general. But gambling is illegal in the Bahamas. Yeah. For for the natives. For the natives. They can't gamble. They cannot gamble. They cannot go they, to the casino. They cannot go to the casino. They can only work there. They yep. cannot be in a casino. So, say I'm chilling with my Bahamian friend. They cannot even be around, like, yeah. hanging out in the casino with me. Right. But those are, you know, those are things that it's like, ugh, I feel so bad. But you wouldn't know that if you mm-hmm. didn't have any encounter with the native people right. of the country. Mm-hmm. Like, you would have no idea because they don't want you to know that. Right. They don't want you to know that. Because, I mean, all of these things are human rights issues. Mm-hmm. And when you're an American and you have to confront that. It's like, you're black, but you're also an American. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you have to, you know, yeah. There's that that privilege, Mm -hmm. you know, and black people, especially black Americans, we have our struggle. Yeah. But when you travel and there are other demographics in different communities, in different countries that, have no rights still yeah yeah you have privilege in a sense yeah even when we went to finland Mm. and we went met that indonesian choir and they looked black oh yeah (laughs) they looked black and they were from um jakarta they were from a lot of them a lot of them were from jakarta but they were also from a community Mm -hmm. that of African of, migrants. Yeah, yeah, of African migrants that had nothing. And so it was. it's just interesting. It's very interesting just being able to travel the world and, like you said, gain that global perspective. Yeah, but in this body. Yeah. That's what makes it mm-hmm. more like, you know, it's a dynamic experience, at least every for time. me. Every time. Every time. Every time. Every time. Even, like, when we went to Finland, 
Yeah. I didn't know. Now, the Indonesian choir was a guest choir, just like we were a guest choir. But I didn't know I wouldn't see black people in Finland. Like, <laughs> not a single black person. Well, the only... And I was counting. When we got to the airport, there mm-hmm. was a black person working in the Burger King in the airport. I remember that. And <laughs> I remember that. And I wanted to ask, like, how like, did, how you, did get you get here? here? Yeah. yeah, what's your story? Because... Everyone had blue eyes and blonde hair. Like those kids, they (laughs) all looked related. They all looked related. They did. It was quite scary. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about a monolith. Like, no, for real. Yeah. Phenotypically, they look they looked exactly alike. And we weren't in the the major city either. Yeah, no. We weren't in Helsinki. We were in no. Tampere. We were in Tampere. <laughs> yeah. And so even further up north. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was very interesting. And I remember when we, the day we landed, we, we took a bus and we took the bus to the like town square or whatever. Mm-hmm. You remember this? No. Remind me. Okay, well, we took a bus to the town square, and we're, like, walking around, probably trying to find the the venue that we were going to rehearse in, whatever. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, and we get off the bus, we, we're walking, and we see a huge poster of a man in blackface. Yep, and that was, I like, remember. our first experience in fin- That was my first and experience. It was, it was a post, it was an ad for a show Yes, in the rehearsal space like in the space we were rehearsing, we were rehearsing. every day <laughs> like oh my god so crazy so crazy it's so crazy and we've and and that's the thing i don't remember experiencing racism there but then again it's like we were we were sheltered yeah we were because in we a were, sense in a sense yeah because we were with a group because we were with a group and we were with children yeah (laughs) so i mean we were kind of sheltered but i mean in other places like when we traveled to asia for example Mm -hmm. i definitely remember the the fetish oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) that people had they thought every black person was famous they thought every black person was famous they were they were like handing us their babies and taking pictures of us um Grabbing us, touching us, touching yeah. our hair, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's a completely different experience. <laughs> and they don't, they don't say anything to you either. Yeah, no, not really. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. I mean, I think I had a similar experience in Italy too, where they, they um, admired black women. Mm-hmm. But like you know, all of the black men were still construction workers and like workers. They, you know what I mean. There wasn't. It was still very clear that the black people in Italy were also of a lower class. Yeah, <laughs> but they love black culture. They love black women. They think black women are beautiful. Mm. So it's just interesting, like, to be in this body and to travel to different places. Yeah. So where would you want to go next? I don't, I mean, I want to go, I really want to go to South Africa. 
Yeah. But. I want to go back. You want to go back to South Africa? Of course. I still keep in contact with my mentor, my mentee. Mm -hmm. And. They're growing up. Yeah. He's he's in high school now. And I was with him when he was in middle school, sixth Mm -hmm. grade. Mm. And you guys still keep in contact. Yep. Yeah, that's he good. told me when he was applying to school, he calls me sometimes. Yeah. And, and that's another thing. The program, oops, I don't know if I should be saying this, but the program, they didn't want us to keep in contact with them. Mm. And I mean, I get it to a certain degree of, you know, protecting them from, you know, just disappointment. If, yeah. If people don't, you know, actually keep their word. But <laughs> yeah. I was like, nah, I'm keeping in contact with him. I need to see how he's doing. We got so close and he was just like attached and to me. And how could you not? Like, yeah, I'm like, no, that's my kid. <laughs> so, yeah. And he loved you. Yeah, he did. He really did. Yeah. But we still keep in contact with Kwame and his family, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think we're just those type of people it's hard to connect with people so yeah organically Mm -hmm. and not keep in contact like that's weird (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I think it's because we had so many experiences like we we did a homestay in Sweden yeah we stayed with and I have this them is, on social media. Yeah, me too. If I were to ever go back to Sweden, I know exactly who to hit up. Yep, yep. And I feel like when we went to Sweden and we did the homestays, I don't know that they, I think the parents spoke English. But the kids didn't really speak English no, like that. No, they didn't. So we were in this, <laughs> we, we were staying with these Swedish families and, like, could only really communicate with the parents. Yes. And the, my parents were nice. I don't know about your parents. No, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we my, used to go over were, to your house. Yeah, I remember. Because they, they were, were close. Yeah, our homestays, they were, the people that we stayed with, they were close friends. Yeah. They were best friends from, like. Yeah, they were best friends. Toddler. Yeah. And so, one time, my family took me over to Kalia's family. <laughs> and we, like, they lived in a big crib. They too. lived in a nice <laughs> house. Yeah. I remember. I'll, I'll never forget. Like, I can picture that house in my head right now. Yeah. Like, they lived in some like historic house too, mm-hmm. I think that was either a part of a castle and was like repurposed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was a part of a ca- old castle and was repurposed and is now their home. But yeah, the kids couldn't even speak English. Nope. But I still remember like learning so much about their culture too. Well, yeah, just by the way they interacted with each other. Yeah. And- Going to school with them and the way they eat, mm-hmm. the way they like, yeah, the way they interact with their parents. Yeah. They were also interesting people too. Very. Swedish people. Yeah. I actually they enjoyed They were nice Sweden. though. Yeah, I loved Sweden. Yeah, really I actually nice. liked Sweden. I think if I were to go back to a European con- country, I would go back to Sweden. I mean, I'm not really that eager to go back to Me Europe. <laughs> There's so many other places. Yeah, because I, I did not to. like London and I did oh. not like the people there either. No, did not. They but think see, New Yorkers are rude. Like people from London. Mm. But see, there are a lot of Jamaicans in London. Yeah, but we didn't. That's another thing. That's we didn't thing. get to we see. We didn't that. get to see the black people. Yeah. I think if we were to go back to London and 
find the black communities, yeah. we would have a totally different experience. That's true. Totally different experience. That's true. Because even the food, I was like, fish and chips again? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> no, I think the the most interesting experience was whales. Why was that interesting to you? And I felt like we were in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. They. It was like... It was so, um, what's the word? Rural. <laughs> yeah, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> there were cows everywhere. <laughs> yeah, like they rode horses and they're they're all they also had just like a rich culture too. They did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Welsh people. Yes. So that was they were also experience. nice too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Racist, but <laughs> but nice. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these places is like, like yeah they were nice racist <laughs> but they were nice mm-hmm. it's true yeah it's definitely true even in BR yeah you know there's some racist <laughs> Dominicans yes and I mean it's just being black and traveling is it's hard it's but you hard, have to yeah. do it you have to do it and you have to, if you can, I mean, it's hard to travel. Like they make yeah. it so hard for us to travel, They do. but Israeli people could go back to their country whenever they want. <laughs> even true. if they weren't, even if they weren't born there, their parents weren't born there, their grandparents weren't born there. They can still go back, go back, claim their citizenship. Mm-hmm. Join the army. That's a goal of mine. I want to become a dual citizen. You do? Yes. Where? I don't know yet. <laughs> That's why I want to go back to Africa. I want to travel more places in Africa. For right now, I would I would say Ghana just because. I think that, we need to do like our ancestry. Yeah, we should do that. I think we should do that. People swear I'm Ethiopian. I want to know. People I want to know swear too. Malay is Ethiopian. Like, No. Ethiopians swear. Ethiopians swear that Malaya is Ethiopian. They're like, there's no way that you mm-hmm. are not Ethiopian. Yeah. So. So maybe we need to go to Ethiopia. Uh, yeah, we should. Yeah. I definitely want to. We passed through. We did. We did. We passed through on our way back. Wait, on our way on back. On our way back. From yeah, Ghana, on our way yeah. back from Ghana. But I'd love to. To stay. I would too. So that's what we should plan. Yeah, we should go there next. Okay. You just listened to Intertwined, a podcast about human connection, human behavior, and human experience. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at intertwined underscore podcast. And make sure to engage with us on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for listening.